What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Hitting the High Notes, Utah Jazz Talk. Uh, it is I, Hu Tran. I'm uh, one of the hosts up here on the podcast. We're here to talk about the 401 Utah Jazz. I'm here, as always, well, not as always, but most times, Jared Barker. What's up, Jared? Uh, not much, man. Not much. How are you? Who? Good, good. We're, we're, we're recording an early Halloween morning podcast uh, to release today on Halloween. Uh, what's not scary this year is uh, the Utah Jazz defense and offense. Uh, the Jazz starting off 4-1. and one. Uh, they've gotten a little lucky with the people they've played, but you know you can only play the people that you you play. The Jazz uh, on Wednesday night beat the Clippers. Sands Kawhi Leonard, uh, pretty handily, uh, pretty good game. We have a guest all the way from Israel today, uh, Jared uh, Naftali Bar. Uh, Jared, how did you meet uh, Naftali here? What are you talking about, man? How it's called Twitter? Oh yeah. Like, I mean, like, like just Twitter? Like, what I mean, like, that. just Twitter. Like, just okay. So, there was a let's see, there was a conversation going on, like, at the beginning of the season where everybody's like, oh, let's everybody follow new jazz fans, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody started a huge thread of people that they said were their best follows. And then, um, I mean, I didn't. I don't usually just go follow everybody in the thread typically because it's just Twitter's way unmanageable at this point for me because following over a thousand people and yeah, I just, I just don't. And, but Naftali followed me and I was like, Oh man, I read his profile. I'm like, he's, he's a jazz fan. That's all the way in Israel, man. That's some real dedication. And so I was like, I'm following this dude. And I'm like, he has a podcast. I'm following this dude. <laughs> and then I messaged him. I'm just like, Hey dude, um, we heard you love the NBA. We love jazz, and uh, we'd love to have you on our podcast because it sounds like you have an NBA podcast uh, in Israel. So that's pretty awesome, man. And he was like, "Yeah, man, I can do that. You know, I can be on your podcast." <laughs> yep, and that's how it started. The tough, not tall here. Like we have a huge time difference, but thanks for taking the time out of your uh, night to um, uh, join us, man. Excited. I mean, around here, like I was telling you before we we started recording, like we don't, I don't have many jazz fans in my pretty much in the country um everyone <laughs> here everyone here at least like from my age area so everyone became a bulls fan in the 90s yeah and, and then you know a lot of people who like the place to go if you're from israel is you go to new york so there are a lot of knicks fans and it became lakers fans and now all the golden state fans are, are pretty depressed but uh <laughs> But my dad, my dad's from Denver, and I have some family in Salt Lake City. And I was going for like the brand X underdog, and found myself in the '90s falling in love with Malone and Stockton and Oster Tag and uh, Hornacek, and that's how I became a Utah Jazz fan. And it was pretty unfortunate for a few years, and now it's getting fun again. So, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's definitely oh. fun. So that's, that's really cool. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for sticking with the fan base through thick and thin. You're you're a boss, brother. (laughs) Thank you, thank you very much. It's really usually I need to like explain to people who's on the roster and why it's exciting to be a Utah Jazz fan right now. So it's fun to talk with people who I I don't have to give any like you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I I, I, I don't have to give like a preview of why why I want to talk about the Jazz. Like they're actually a good team. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. You're like, hey, hey, you remember when Golden State played the 
the uh, and then you're like, hey, you when you remember you remember Golden State, they played this team called the Grizzlies, right? And you remember the point guard on that roster? Exactly. It takes it takes it takes, it takes way too long of a preview just to like make a joke about something that everyone on Twitter knows already. So initially, you need to sort of explain. So listen, there's this guy named Joel Embiid, and he was injured for a few years, and now he's called the process, and it just it takes a while. So it's fun to <laughs> yeah. talk with you guys, and you guys know what you're talking about. It's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, and so- that's actually. That's actually no. why we started our podcast was just to bring the level of discourse or conversation up a level in Hebrew because that's a product that we don't really have even on like the Israeli National Sports Channel. So oh. every time they talk about every time they talk about someone, they have to explain like the background of why they're talking about it. Whereas if you listen to American podcasts or your podcasts or any of that stuff, so they just talk about it and it's a given. And people, if they don't know what someone's talking about, they just go Google it and then they're, part, I don't know. Oh, so I gotcha. Like I gotcha. It's just like a, a level of knowledge that I feel like they don't have here. So well, that's, then, that's, that's cur- well, well, he, I'm sorry, who you can ask him first. Go ahead. I was going to say that that's pretty interesting that, um, uh, your podcast is about a, a very not, not, not known sport in, uh, in Israel, in Israel. Uh, your profile says that you're probably the only Israeli Utah jazz fan, you're a Hebrew NBA podcaster and that your podcast is basically there to like educate, uh, people in your country because uh, basketball is obviously not uh, a huge sport there. What are the big sports that people follow uh, in Israel? There's an Israeli basketball league that actually the number one team from Tel Aviv has won European titles. That they're actually not bad at all. Jerusalem. Which oh, is we're familiar. That, that I'm we're about. Fa- yeah, we, we're yeah, familiar. So we know Tel the Aviv. former. We know the former yeah. Nick used to play on there, won a championship. Uh, what's his name again? Amare. Amare. Uh, Stoudemire. Yeah, no. He yeah, he was on a pole Jerusalem. Also, they've got um, Ingles played. Yeah, actually, Joe Ingles played for Maccabi Tel Aviv a, a couple years back. Um, the, the, there's a bunch of go, going back and forth. Like Maccabi Tel Aviv is usually the the better team, um, which I don't really like. They're like the Golden State of the past years <laughs> of Israel. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, this, so so basically, soccer is the number one sport here. Then basketball, and there is a following of NBA, but it's more, it, the the level of conversation about it is not as high oh, as, you, okay. as gotcha. you guys have in the states. Gotcha. So yeah. it's a little bit more niche over there. Got it. That makes sense. Exactly. So like uh, UEFA Champions League, Spanish League, English Premier League, like soccer is the is the number one. Sport well, yeah, here. yeah, just like anywhere else in the world, soccer's number one, except for here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because yeah, we're, so you, guys- you know, we we play the other kind of football, and that's that's our king. Uh, but our, I think NBA is number two now. I don't know; it's hard to tell. We just had the World Series last night, but I was watching a jazz game, so I was like, man, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes oh. sense. So you want to talk about the game? That was, that was pretty fun, even though Kawhi. Oh was, yeah, that was, pretty, that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that I, was a fun game. I mean, um, uh, yeah, the Jazz um uh, got a little lucky that the Clippers decided to load manage uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, on the first of a back to back as opposed to the second of a back to back. But whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it kind of made sense because, like, if Kawhi, if they wanted to leave Kawhi at home because the second one was a home game, that kind of makes sense. I mean, if you if you like squint, you can kind of see it. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know about it. squinting. I I also think that the Clippers are basically just kind of deciding whoever they want as like which opponent 
either they fear the least or which opponent they like. Oh, this one's probably going to be a really tough win and a slog, so let's give Kawhi the rest. I mean, I can definitely see the logic in doing it either way, honestly. Yeah, I mean, they're playing San Antonio tonight, which is, I feel like at this point in the season, is just as hard as the Jazz because we don't really know what's going on with them either. Yeah, but plus, but they're at home, so I think that that I don't know. Uh, oh, plus, plus, I think that game means more to Kawhi than playing the Jazz. Because, like, Kawhi is still kind of like, I, mean, I don't know. You know, Kawhi's hard to read. And, like, he's hilarious, though. It's it's funny how low-key hilarious he is that no NBA fans did not know. Like, you see those old HEB commercials from when he was, uh, when he was actually um, in – San Antonio, because that's like one of their big supermarkets down in that area, and those are hilarious. And Kawhi is just low key hilarious, and we we weren't exposed to this, and now that he's in a market like LA, we're seeing like Terminator commercials where Paul George is awful, but Kawhi is hilarious. You know. <laughs> so, anyways, enough about Kawhi. Let's talk about Donovan and those vivid smart home arena commercials and stuff like that. Those are because those are awesome too. Like. The Bogdanovich one with the mask coming off and being bowler is amazing. <laughs> now, Tali, do, do you get to see the um, uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena commercials in your market? But now I'm going to Google them as soon as we get off this call. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, you should. You should, man. They're hilarious. <laughs> They're low-key hilarious. All right. So, um, uh, yeah. So, Again, the big the Jazz had a huge offseason, Natalia. Um, uh, how did you feel about um, all these new pieces coming to the Jazz? I was super excited at first, and I already placed bets with friends on, you know, like Utah Jazz making the Western Conference Finals and stuff like that. Nice. But, but here, here's my here's my thing. I feel like paying Boyan Bogdanovich um, seventeen this year, seventeen point eight next year, and eighteen point seven the year after that, and nineteen point five the year after that. I feel like that's a move that makes you not be able to win a championship just because it's not that he's not good. He's an amazing basketball player, but I feel like that's taking up cap space that could otherwise be used for either two players of his caliber or I don't know something else. So maybe he's a trade asset. I'm like fantasizing about a Kevin Love trade um, using Dante Exum plus Bogdanovich or I don't know, Joe Ingles and someone else. I just, I just feel like, I don't know. Have you have you seen Love recently, man? It doesn't look good. I'm just I'm just I'm trying to think of what it is the Jazz can do to sort of. I, I feel like we're missing one player at the moment. Um, mm. That's that, that's just a little bit a little bit better. Um, like I love the roster. I, f- I feel like if Dante Exum was less injured and seventy percent even of what we thought he would be when they drafted him, things would be. Yeah, things would be good. They'd be golden. Like, yeah, it would no. be it would, it would be crazy, but it's just yeah, it's so so much time of just waiting for this to happen. So it's like it's not it's not as publicized because of the Utah Jazz market, but this is just as bad as Marco Fultz in my mind. Like just this is a player who had so much promise, and then there's just nothing coming out of him. It's ten million on the books that we right. need to do something with. Well, so, Fultz Fultz is actually having a resurgence down there in Orlando, so. Like, I hope Dante Exum does amazing in Phoenix or wherever we trade him to. But. <laughs> uh, Phoenix does not need a point guard anymore. Um, but I know they finally have one. Yeah, well, they got two now. Uh, as we saw in the Phoenix game, uh, Ricky Rubio and them, uh, Javon Carter looked really oh, good. Carter looked really good, man. Like I was like, wait a minute, the Grizzlies had him and they gave him up. 
what? I was like, <laughs> yeah, in a throwaway trade. Um, yeah. uh, that's interesting about Bogdanovich because uh, he's looked like so far, besides Donovan and Rudy, he looks like the most consistent um, uh, pickup for the Jazz, uh, at least offensively. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good player. I think he's an amazing player. I mean, last year in Indiana and the year before that, he, he's a very, very good basketball player. I just don't think he's good enough, and that's the problem with being not a very big free agent uh, in Utah, is that we're having a hard... like. Let me ask you this. Would you have rather had Miritich who moved to Barcelona for less money or Bogdanovich? Bogdanovich. Well, I, I know down. there is. <laughs> well, the oh, thing is that like – All uh, of us hate all of us hated Miritich's defense. Do you follow Tony Jones on Twitter or do you read The Athletic over there? Athletic, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Tony, did you see Tony Jones post that dancing kid gif? That was me also. When uh, Miritich went to Barcelona, like Miritich was unplayable in the playoffs. Like Miritich, Miritich is, in my opinion, is overrated. I definitely agree. I was happy that he went to Barcelona and that they stopped talking about him to Utah. And I was really happy when Boyan came. I just wish it would be for I don't know five oh, million less. Five million. I, I see what you mean. That that yeah. makes a lot of sense. I can definitely see what you're saying there. Because because the roster's a little bit thinner now because of that money. That makes sense. You got Mike Conley making thirty two. You got Rudy making twenty five, and you got Boyan Bogdanovich making seventeen million. And that's in my mind that that's not how you win a championship with your third most paid player in Boyan yeah. Bogdanovich. Well, the good news is that Connolly's contract is up in two years, and I think we can re-sign him for less. And so that opens. But the problem is, the, what the problem is going to be there is then you've got extensions for X, uh, not Exum, um, for an extension, <laughs> definitely not for. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's already under contract, so we don't. Let's not worry about that. No, we've got uh, we've got extensions for Donovan and for Rudy, and Rudy. Unfortunately, qualifies for the fifty million dollar supermax, which the supermax uh, screws small markets, and it was not what was intended, and it's terrible. It's sad. No, so I think. By the way, I think that the, the the front office is doing an amazing job. Like Moutier and Jeff Green and Ed Davis, I think those are amazing pickups. By the way, Joe Ingles was an amazing pickup as well. Bogdanovich was a good pickup as well, just not for that much money. I think they're doing how, a really good job. How do you feel like? How do you feel about that one-year Ingles extension for $14 million, then, out of curiosity? A one-year extension isn't that bad. Um, especially The thing is that it would have looked a lot better had they paid Bogdanovich less. I, I keep hammering this point. <laughs> Bogdanovich is making too much money. But, no, um, I, I get what you're saying. I, no, because I think the Ingles extension was good. I think Ingles is an amazing player. Um, he culture, it feels like. like everybody likes him. He has this special relationship with Donovan Mitchell, um, and and he's he's an amazing. Um, so I think that it's it, w- it was good to keep him for one more year, which could essentially be an expiring contract that they could play around with by the end of the year. Um, I think it depends how things work out for the Jazz um, dr- during this coming season, because I also feel like this year is pretty much a window for all teams that aren't the Los Angeles Clippers. Because I feel like once George is healthy, Paul George, um, 
in that extremely crazy bench that the Clippers have are going to be Golden State 2.0 for the next three, four years. And I feel like this year, while they don't have Paul George fully and they're still like meshing and gelling and getting to know each other, like this could be the year to steal a championship in Utah. So I really hope that they do everything they can with the buyout market and possibly with the trade to, of say, Jackson's well, contract. But wait, uh, well, one more time, but you cut out a little bit. Where, where, where'd you lose me? I, I'm, I'm saying this year is the window. The, the buyout market. Yeah, the buyout market part is yeah, where so, you lost. So, so I'm hoping pick up someone in the buyout market, be it even like some, I don't know, veteran to help out like Jamal Crawford or, I don't know, even bring back Iso Joe. And just, just, <laughs> just, and yeah, that's a little too much. is an NBA. That's, yeah, that's a little, too, that's, that's a little too much. You couldn't even make it on the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm just hoping that they swing for the fences this year in the front Same. office. Yeah. Like, so, I'm a Eagle Dollar, man. Eagle Dollar. <laughs> that was a good idea. You, you might even be able, that, that actually is an amazing idea because you could do Eagle Dollar plus, I don't know. Well, it depends on where the Jazz are uh, when Iguodala becomes available. Yeah, uh, right does. now, the, the Grizzlies aren't like buying that. him out. So Right. No, no, no. But, but Dante oh, Exum could actually be a player that could show promise for a young team like Memphis that isn't planning on winning now. I think that's actually a good idea. I didn't think of that one. Well, that would I be think a good idea. only if they send us back like a first or something. They're going to have to send us back something of value besides Iguodala because – He's going to be here for one year, and then he's going back to Golden State. That's already been reported, and I honestly think that that's the truth because he didn't. He never wanted to leave, and he, there's no bad feelings there. He understands what Bob was doing, and he's like, I get it, you know, whatever. I'll be back. Really? I, I feel like he's going to play in the Staples Center, be it the Lakers or the Clippers by the end. Of the year. He, he, he might. He might. That depends on what they're willing to give up, but the Lakers have no assets to trade for him. So really it's up to – uh, it's up a hundred percent up to Memphis where they deal him. Yeah, I don't think the Grizzlies are giving up a, a first pick to give Udall to anybody. They don't. No, no, don't no, 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 no. To give him, if they, but if they, but if they get somebody like Dante Exum, maybe they'd be willing to do it. I doubt if, it. <laughs> if Exum comes back and is healthy. Now, what are you talking about? They were in the trade for Connolly. They wanted us to give. They were like talking about maybe us giving Exum. So maybe they're interested. Maybe not. We'll see. And it depends reported, on how bad they are. It depends on how bad they are. And everything and, reported, they um, uh, they've never really they mentioned that Exum was part I of know. It, so. Yeah, I know. Well, yes and no. I don't know. There's yeah. a lot of lot of conflicting reports there. But Tony said Exum was never a part of it, and Tony's the one I trust. So. Yeah. So what about not- you? What do you what, what do you think? What do you think the the move is? Do we do we just keep going for like 35 more games and see what's going on before we shake the ship? Well, um, uh, I've always mentioned that the first 15 or so games of an NBA season is still preseason. And you can see it with the Jazz. The Jazz are still uh, fighting their way. They're still looking for um, uh, combinations that work. They're still filling each other out. Like um, uh, it's, uh, To get a 4-1 and four, four start right now is really nice for the Jazz. The Jazz have, never, have not been 4-1 and in over a decade. Uh, which is kind of crazy, but with um, with how how slow they start, it's not. Two thousand seven. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, minute. And two thousand seven was like the last time they had a really that was Darren Williams and you know Boozer and O'Kerr. You know they were they were a real tight knit tight knit group. 
That was uh, me in Switzerland here. Yeah. Right. Ooh. Right. And so, um, so was that the, was that the conference final year then? I think it was. Uh, I think that's technically 2006. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, the the Jazz. Um, uh, so let's go back to your Bogdanovich point. Like, I, I know that the rumors were out there that Jazz could have got Miritich for about a third of the price, plus. Uh, else. I don't think he said a third of the price. I think they said like half or like two thirds of the price. Well, that's what Mark Stein reported, but Tony Jones has rebuked rebu- rebu- that many times, saying it was no uh, that much money. Oh, know. gotcha. And so, I want. I wonder why he – that must be why he ran to Barcelona. He's like, I'm not worth this much money. <laughs> Cries. Exactly. I mean, probably, you know. You know afraid I mean, of Bobby, I, he was afraid of Bobby Portis. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was absolutely afraid of Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis would beat the crap out of him. <laughs> so um, uh, it depends on who the other player with Miritich would have been. But I think the way the Jazz built the roster with Bogdanovich, for the next two years, I feel fine with it. Like – $17 million for what Bogdanovich is showing that he can do actually is pretty cheap in the market right now because he's a playmaker. He, he not only does he space the floor, but he's a pretty good ball handler. Uh, he, he's a little weak on the defensive end, but he's 85% of what Hayward was at his peak, which is pretty good for the price we're paying. Yeah. I mean, Hayward's making 30 plus million, you know, and he's not, money. and he's not even as good now because of the injury. And like, he's I don't know. Hayward played pretty well last night. He played well last night, but I don't know if he's going to be sustainable for a season. I don't think he's ever going to be 100% of what he was in Utah. Ever. You guys want to trade for Gordon Hayward to get him back? Hell no. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what? Like, here's the thing. If, if the money worked, I, I, I don't see why not. Um, Who? Uh, Gordon- Go away. Go away. Delete your J- account. <laughs> well, why not, Jared? Tell us why not. Why not? Okay. Do you want to know the thousands of reasons why not? Or do you want to know just the one reason of why not? (laughs) Okay. You want me to give you a rant about Hayward? Okay. So we're saying Bogdanovich is too expensive, right? Hayward's too expensive. Hayward is is cost just as much as Conley. Hold on a second. Take the money out of it. I I just said, like, if he would just come back. Oh, oh, if he would come back. If he just came back to the Jazz, like, whatever, you know. Wait, so we're making it easy? We're making it easy with no money involved? That's. that, uh, I, you're being a little convenient. Who I, I'm talking about? A, I, I just said the question was: Would you take Gordon Hayward back? I, I just thought you meant skills wise, like talent wise. Would I take Gordon Hayward back? Yes, I would. I think. Uh, no, I meant like all things considered. I meant okay. like everything. But like skills wise, talent wise, Gordon Hayward is a perfect fit for this team. Is we're seeing that in Bogdanovich? I think exactly. He's, He's a playmaking shooting guard. That's what that's what you need. A, a playmaking um, a small forward, really. But do we think that he's going to be 100% of what he was? I think he can get close to 90, 95% of what he was, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. well, I, I am kind of dubious, and plus Robin hates it here, so that would never happen. I mean, this is, again, this is only, it's not going to happen. There's no way the Jazz can finagle the offer to get him. But skills-wise, talent-wise, I think Gordon Hayward still is a productive player, and uh, his defense is really good. That, Plus, that's the, that's... A, B, Dan, C, Danny Ainge is a douche. There you go. Okay. <laughs> but again, this is all, I'm just talking about skills. Skills-wise, the one thing that Gordon Hayward probably does better than Bogdanovich is um, uh, stay in front of his man. Defend, uh, yes. Yes. But, um, uh, I mean, offensively-wise, I think Bogdanovich does most of what Hayward does. Offensively, I think he's a little bit 
even more explosive in terms of offense. Just a little bit, not like a ton. Because I, I think he has just as many, you know, 20 to high 20 point nights as Hayward would average in like a month right now. And that's after like four games. And one of them he sat out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe right no, now. Because, but, yeah. Because I'm a uh, PK Hayward was the guy that could, you know, that could chase down blocks. Hey, hey P- PK. Don't mention PK. No, I'm just kidding. I know you said PK word. <laughs> DJ and PK. No, we're showing the market. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Naftali uh, uh, appreciates that joke that he has no idea. <laughs> hey, man, come on. We're a Utah podcast. <laughs> we good. have to make Utah references. I'm sorry, Naftali. It's 1280 The Zone. Uh um, which is the biggest sport. That's actually where, you know, David Locke, right? He's actually the radio voice of the Utah jazz on 1280, the zone. And um, we have this show called DJ and PK in the morning. And PK is the worst man. He's basically an Arizona troll who lives here and talks sports. It's annoying. Okay, I got Vivin smart commercials and I got Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. All right, Ollie. Um, uh, so you do your own podcast, right? We talked about it. What is the name of your podcast? Bibat Halal, which means Space Jam in Hebrew. Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got the real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Space jam. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That- and, awesome. and we basically, we basically, we talk about the entire NBA. It's sort of like, uh, I don't know if you guys listen to the Ringer NBA show or one of those, like we just discuss whatever the hot topics are and, uh, you know, yeah, we, 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 we give our own that. hot takes. Yeah, yeah, so, so that's, that's basically the idea just in Hebrew. Um, oh, well, what, what NBA hot takes do you have that are non-jazz related right now? <laughs> Where do you want to start? Oh, I don't know if this is such a hot take, but because everyone's talking about, it. I don't think the Lakers are making the playoffs. Really? First. No, that yeah. is a hot take. Like over here, that would be a hot take. The Lakers are what three and two right now, or four and one, three and one? Just, I don't believe it. I don't. I, I don't think that having. You know what? I don't even remember. I, I feel, I feel well, bad. But I they, but they have Anthony Harden, who who gets to shoot like forty free throws. <laughs> what wasn't that crazy? And he did that. I was insane. That game was awful. That game was so awful, up. and people were hyping it up. I'm just like, this game is terrible. Like, <laughs> goals the entire game. Yeah, that, that was, was awful. That was, that was so weird. No, but I, I just feel like they have LeBron, they have Anthony Davis, and then their third best player is Jared Dudley or something. And I just I don't know if you can sustain well, it's, that for it, 82 games. It's technically Kyle Kuzma, but they keep saying Kyle, Kuzma's no, going to be back. Yeah, Kuzma and Danny Green, who are yeah. legitimate NBA players, and Rajan oh, yeah. Rondo, if it was 2008. Oh, Rajan Rondo. Ugh. So so I don't, I don't know. I'm just – I'm I'm I thinking they're really... going to try to dump him at the deadline, but I don't know for who. <laughs> 
but you and you do have to build in that the Lakers um, are the Lakers. So in the buyout market at the trade deadline, they usually can get somebody else. So it may yeah, not be a superstar. I guess you're right. Might be somebody else. You know. You've yeah. seen that gif, right, Neftali, with the guy with the giant like golden L, and he's like Lakers, Lakers. <laughs> I don't know. I feel, I, I feel like, first of all, we thought the West was going to be, I, I feel like it, it, like a week and a half ago, I thought the West was going to look different. I thought Sacramento was going to have a breakout year. I thought Phoenix was going to win 15 games. I thought Golden State would be competing for a playoff spot. And I thought maybe San Antonio would finally have their dropout. And so far, it seems like I was nowhere near what I thought was going to happen. The only thing that's well, the only thing that's obvious is that it's Philly Clippers at the end of the year. The Suns um, in Sacramento have have flipped. Like I don't know why Sacramento's fallen so far, but they flipped. It's weird. I, it's I Luke Walton. Maybe he was the problem in L.A. too. I don't know. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I think Phoenix just isn't used to playing with the point guard and having Rubio suddenly distributing the ball and handling the offense actually looks like like a functioning NBA team, which they weren't for the past couple of years. Yeah, and I think the, the, the veteran maturity they've got on that team now and having other players that play hard, like Aaron Baines, that guy just plays hard. I mean, and that's those are some things they really were severely missing. Plus, it, it helps that Monty Williams is a really good coach. Like, he really is a good coach. I, I agree. I mean, I have nothing against Igor and people. I saw people online the other day saying, well, it helps that they have Monty Williams because they haven't had good coaching. I'm like, Igor was a first-year coach. I mean, they gave up on him so quick. Like, are you kidding me? I'm sure when they got Igor that they were going to draft Luka Doncic, and I think that things would have turned around last year for them had they done that. and not. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, I got a bunch more hot takes, but I don't know if we have time for all that. What's what's your what's your best hot take? You could do. Yeah, who best hot take? Well, I mean, it's not a hot it's not a hot take anymore. But I was saying all offseason that I didn't think the Warriors were a playoff team, and now with the Steph Curry injury, it looks like it's, you know I'm jumping on the bandwagon. But you know, oh I'm, man, but think about this: they're going to add one more piece of talent. They get a healthy Clay back. They're right back to being a really, really good Golden State team. Didn't uh, Steph break his hand last night? Yeah, oh, yeah, he broke his hand. Yeah, he broke his hand. He'll probably be gone for a month at least. I had him for, I had him for my Dark Horse MVP this year. I uh, was sure that he was going to just explode. And we got to remember when I'm uh, – Steph is getting What's a little that? bit older. Steph is getting a little bit older now. Um, uh, you know, he's kind of getting to that age where like, oh, are we going to see decline? Because shooters kind of decline fast, you know what I'm saying? Well, Actually, I don't the think the ones who could stay the longest, like I don't know, Ray Allen, Kyle Korver, like the, yeah. those are players that lasted forever. Problem is that yeah. Steph also tries to like bang off people and go yeah. into the lane, which is something that doesn't make your career last too long. That's that's actually how he got injured was when the guy was taking a charge. Who was well, the well, the dude, yeah, Baines. That I don't, I don't approve of the Baines move. I don't, I don't, I think he was. That was he was not doing a smart thing, um, but that's just you know that's Australian players play hard. What are you gonna say? <laughs> uh, uh, Natali, I mean, we are running out of time, but um, uh, it's been real good to have you on. I, I would love to be able to you know sit here and chat with you some more. So you know, why don't you call back in sometime? You know, like yeah, that, that would be amazing. That would yeah. be amazing. It's yeah. so much fun to talk to jazz fans who are actual jazz fans who know what they're talking about. This has been yeah. a treat. So thank you absolutely for having, for having me on. Hey, shalom, brother. We're glad to have you. <laughs> so, um, uh, where can you. they where can they follow you on Twitter? On two places. Either I have a super weird um, Instagram handle, which is nbnbnbnb7, 
NB NB seven. It's NB four times. And NB four times and then seven. Or you can follow oh, okay. me at Rebut. Or you can follow me at Rebut underscore Halal um, on Twitter, and you can find it through. Uh, through you guys, actually, would, yep. be, would yeah. probably be your listeners' we're, easiest way. We're to absolutely, find me. we're absolutely going to retweet you several times. So, yep, it's um, at R I at R I B A T underscore H A L A L for those uh, for those radio listeners. <laughs> you know, at the same time, it's like I think it's. I just want to say it's a little bit funny to say like halal versus like halal. What I would always think of halal is like, oh, I'm going to get some halal meat. You know, because <laughs> yeah, that, that's Arabic and this is Hebrew. I, I know, yeah. I understand. I understand. They're very closely related, yeah, though. You know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I do. I'm more than aware. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. You're more than aware. <laughs> you're you're super aware. You're hyper aware. <laughs> yeah, guys, this has been and seriously a pleasure. I haven't had this much fun talking jazz in a very very long time. So thank you, and I hope. Yeah. Uh, hey, Amen. Can you say go jazz for us in Hebrew? Can you say go jazz for us in Hebrew? Jizz? Something like that? Um, One more time. Cut out. No, yalla yalla is in Arabic, but it's also in Hebrew. So it's uh, yalla jizz would be how we say it. Yalla (laughs) jizz! There you go. Put up a video of you doing that next time you're at a game. <laughs> that, that will be next week. Actually, we're going to go, we're going to go see. Oh know? yeah, we're going to Jazz Bucks. We're going to Jazz Bucks. No, I don't know if I'm going to be in the states this year, but I definitely am planning on being at a jazz game soon. All right, hey, if you oh do, hey, no. you yeah, you hit us up, man. If you're going to be here, we will show out for for our Hebrew brother, man. Well, I, a Jewish, Jewish, I guess I should say, because Hebrew is not really an ethnicity. So, sorry, man. Thank you guys for uh, joining us. This has been a fun talk. Um, again, to one of the only, maybe one or two Israeli jazz, Utah jazz fans out there, uh, in in actually out there. <laughs> but um, uh, thanks for joining us, and thanks for hitting the high notes. Oh yeah.